0: you align with something that is really natural for you. So like for me, my strength is vision. And so when I focus on a bigger vision, of what I want to create, of what I want to do in my business, like that always propels me forward, that always motivates me, that always moves the needle for me. And so during a time like this, that's what I'll focus on. But someone else might have to where what's really aligned with them is getting things done. And they really love that. They love checking things off their list. They love getting the little things done, in which case that's what you would focus on. Today we thought we would talk about a very relevant topic here in the States, but I think it's also very general for the world, and that is how do we navigate business? How do we navigate anything when we're dealing with some panic and fear? fear, when there's kind of major issues in the world around us that are bringing up a lot of stuff for us, how do we navigate more effectively? Where do we put our attention? Do we stop focusing on our business and focus on what's at hand? I mean, obviously in the US, we're dealing with a pretty major election and there is a lot of chaos all around that. So, you know, what do we do? How do we more effectively navigate all of this and stay sane and yet propel our business forward? What do you think, Laura? Yes. Great questions.
1: Actually, I feel like
0: these are the questions my clients are posing to me.
1: <laughs> How am I supposed to navigate things right now? Not knowing really here in the States, there's just so many people feeling like they're almost on pause until after the election, which is coming up you know, pretty soon. But there's just this collective anxiety about what's going to happen with the larger structures, the larger powers that be What's going to happen when that either um, stays the same and we've been very unhappy or if it changes and then, you know, how do I get myself and my business ready for that? And I think for those in other parts of the world, it's like you've also, either you're experiencing that with just even the pandemic and COVID or, you know, other ways in which your systems um, may be changing. I mean, I think across the world, there's a lot of different um, movements around seeking more human-centered change I would say it's like what do we these citizens of the planet what are we really gonna do with our time here and wherever that it you know no matter where you live I think you could be feeling in to some of those um, themes right now like very big external changes and trying to figure out what's your part to play and and what do you do when you feel like you have no control
0: yes <laughs> there's like so many things, right? And and I think one of the points that you mentioned, or what it made me think of when you were talking, is that this is a time in our lives where there are bigger things than our business, and there are bigger things than our little lives. And I think that is what I'm feeling in terms. And one of the terms you used, collective anxiety. I feel like that's a big theme right now. There's a lot of collective anxiety, and when we are kind of in a space you know, where we're working in our business and we're, you know, many of us are breadwinners or just trying to survive during all these crazy times. What do we do when we have a lot of that collective anxiety? We're part of that. And also when we start to feel small, right? These bigger issues that are coming up, they make me feel pretty small. Like, what is my one little life? What is my business? Like, it doesn't even matter in the face of racism, in the face of crazy people running our policy in the face of the coronavirus, in the face of millions and millions of people out of work. Like how important is my little life? I think we get into that place of really wondering where we fit in all of this. And the problem with that sort of perspective or what happens when we start feeling like that in business is we get really, really demotivated. And then we're like, I, I can't do anything. I can't go out and sell anything. How important is selling right now? And so yeah, I think it's just a really important topic to discuss.
1: Yeah, it's making me think of the you know just the term helplessness. It just feels like a helplessness. you know, when you are not sure what the future holds. We never can predict the future. It's never anything that we've had the the gift of of being able to just know what's even in the next minute. but we can usually count on things, staying a certain way, or we can kind of count on the status quo. Things are rapidly changing so much because of COVID. That's the way, I mean, the whole world, the way that transportation, the way that you talk to each other, the way that you shop, the way that you, yeah, spend money and buy products, like all of that is changing. So as a business owner, you know, the question is like, well, do I just keep going and just kind of plugging on the way I always have? Or is that just a complete um, kind of waste of my time? Because you know, who am I, and what does this product mean to the bigger scheme um, of things? And I and I think that this is where, like, with my clients, what I like to do is like really bring us back in then into kind of the responsibility of what is it within me that I have control over. You know, I have control over what I choose. To believe how I manage my thoughts, right? How I react to information, how I love, how I receive love. You know, there's different things that I do have that ability to have a self agency, a certain amount of self efficacy. And I think that we can easily as human beings lose sight of that power that's within us to choose how we respond to the world. How do we take care of ourselves? Do we find a place of sovereignty and like, sacred space within ourselves, you know, can we, can we find that or do we just kind of surrender everything to that external chaos where we're just like, oh, it doesn't even matter. You know, I don't matter. I think that's, that's what we have to be careful of that. We don't lose ourselves entirely just because of the collective chaos.
0: Yeah. Look, I'm a hundred percent an advocate for, finding our own sovereignty, right? Finding where we do have control and choice and perspective and groundedness, right? Like I have to spend so much time with myself now and so much time in my thoughts and so much time in my journals, more than I've ever had to in my entire life in order to stay grounded. And that's because there is so much chaos and there is so much change and there is so much going on. And so I do think during these times and when we start to tap into that energy anxiety, we do first and foremost need to turn to self-care. We need to look at what do we need to stay grounded because we are of no help for all the collective anxiety and what's happening in the world if we are ungrounded, if we are not aligned, if we are in the chaos. We're of no help to that. So then- what do we need to do to prioritize that? And, you know, there's really practical things that we've talked about many times on this show about what we can do. You know, it is getting enough sleep. It is minimizing alcohol. It is eating better. It is spending time journaling. It is taking baths or walks or being in nature. It is definitely Cutting off from social media because I know right now with the chaos that's there, <laughs> if I spend too much time scrolling, I see the effect on my mental health, and it also helps me lose perspective on you know what I can do, what I can contribute. The longer I stay in that scroll, the more I think about what I can't do and how helpless I am.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, and we really can't underestimate you know what I have heard doing or what I've seen on Twitter <laughs> termed. Uh, I think they call it doom scrolling, right? We can't underestimate the power of that. It really is traumatic. I actually was listening to, you know, surprise, surprise, a podcast uh, with Brene Brown or her podcast, Unlocking Us, I think is the name of it. And she was interviewing Sonia Renee Taylor. It was a great interview. And she was saying, Brene, though, was sharing how at one point she had gone to a new therapist or she was seeing a therapist. And I guess after a few sessions or so, the therapist said, I really can't continue to see you every week. If you're going to consume 20 hours of media, you know, of like traumatic media, because we spend our entire hour just trying to unprogram that and just get through the the trauma of the news that we can't even get to the deeper. And I've actually experienced that myself as a therapist. I have thought like, wow, I'm spending a lot of this time with this client, just trying to help them. Now that doesn't mean that we don't need help, like navigating the news, but we have a choice over how much of that we let in. We can be a gatekeeper to be like, you know what? I'm not letting all of that negativity. Cause how much are we really like taking in sometimes the news? And then how much are we reading the comments or reading, getting caught, in these really negative diatribes, <laughs> just like it's just not helpful, somewhat seductive, because you're like, I can't believe this, you know, and you're kind of following it. And then it's just adding on and on and on to your own um, helplessness, to your own sense of trauma. So I think that's a boundary right there that's really important for me. I've been really careful to curate what's on my feeds. Lately, like I follow the organizations that are about positive social change. There are a lot about, you know, mental health and just beautiful, positive quotes or stories or right that inspire me. That's what it's like. If you're
0: not inspiring me, you're not on. I'm not following you. You're not on
1: my feed.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, a lot of people ask the question. You know, how do we stay plugged in and therefore relevant and and, and an activist because we are, both Laura and I are activists. You know, how do you stay in that place and protect yourself and disconnect from the social media and from the negativity? And I think it's a fine line, honestly, like, and I'm still always trying to walk it. I'm still always looking at what is productive to change. What is productive to me helping to shift the world in the way that I think is is good. And what is absolutely unproductive, like me following certain people on Twitter, which I did this weekend <laughs> when I start looking at people I know I dislike, and I start looking at the comments on their feed, like totally unproductive, right? It's not in any way contributing to my action. It's not contributing to the way that I can change the world. It's Definitely not contributing to my mindset or mental health. And so that is not a good way for me to create change in the world. That is not a good way for me to be plugged in. Now, I find that looking at the news, you know, in a a more curated fashion or at least in a more overview, like what is happening in the world what is happening across the aisle from all both sides, what's really going on. I I find that gives me some information that if I choose and I'm deliberate with, I can go get more information on those things. And so I can stay actively aware of what's happening in the world without going kind of down the hole. But I think it's a tightrope, really. Yes. Oh, yes, it is. It is.
1: And, you know, and sometimes I think like, oh, this is a a source of news that I trust, and then something might change, and like, oh nope, I'm gonna unfollow that one. And so be be willing to to change and and be able to be curious. I think that when there are for me, it's the social activists that I really um, follow that I believe in. They'll tell me what's happening in the world, and then I'll see it kind of from their perspective and be like, what are they talking about? Oh, okay, let me go read the headlines a little bit more and dig a little bit deeper. You know, so it's like let yourself kind of have a little buffer sometimes and a barrier between how you're getting this information. And, you know, nobody wants to, to just be ducking their head in all the time. So I'm glad you brought that up. Cause sometimes when I talk about this, my clients were like, but I just, I can't just duck my head in the sand and pretend like it's not happening. It's like, no, oh, no, no, no. That's not what I'm recommending, but be intentional, like set some boundaries, curate the content, make sure it's from sources that you do trust to not sensationalize or just like actually, cause there are some news sources and people out on the, you know, all the different feeds that actually thrive on that um, sensationalism and that kind of want to get people all hyped, you know, and that's what I try to stay away from. It's like anything that's like intentionally trying to get my nervous system to jump, you know, (laughs) I'm just like, nope, I don't need to go into that like hypervigilant mode. I think that that is one way in which we can bring things back. Um, Of course, the other things that we've talked about on this podcast before, just like, You know, self-care is returning to nourishment, you know, it's returning to practices that nourish. And for most people, nature is a huge one of those. And during COVID, more and more people are actually returning to the great outdoors in numbers that we haven't seen in a while because people need it. Like we really, really need, like in Japan, you know, they call it forest bathing when their citizens leave Tokyo. So they get on shuttles and they shuttle them out into the deep forests. And they just walk and hike. And the scientists have actually found that that helps with depression. And we can do that in our neighborhoods. We can just walk out. I mean, I just do my own little oak tree forest bathing here in Texas. But it's like just being around beautiful trees, being out in nature. Like those are moments that we realize how small we are in the universe in a good way. Right? We remember like that. We're part. We're like these little, little bitty human beings a part of something so majestic, so beautiful, so awe-inspiring, you know, that we can't understand all of those things. So why is it that we try to get our head around all of the things happening in the world? Sometimes thinking that we are going to be that one agent of change, like we are part of the bigger piece of everything that's happening.
0: Definitely true. And I think I think we have to really shift our mindset around this idea that when we are caring for ourselves, it's not selfish. It's actually more conducive for what we can do for the world, right? Because I do see a lot of people, a lot of women feel guilty about Helping themselves, right? Or feel guilty about self care, or, you know, especially like even white women, where we feel like we have so much privilege. Like we're not, maybe we're not in a place where we're constantly having to deal with racism. And therefore we've got privilege. And is that fair? Is that like, why should we take care of ourselves in the midst of that? Maybe we should be out there fighting more. Maybe we should be out there exhausting ourselves. Like I think there, you know, there's all kinds of levels of this. And I also think we're not any good for anyone if we aren't taking care of ourselves and then being responsible to what we want to see change in the world, right? Like it is It is not an either or, it is both. It is self-care and care for others. And it is self-care and advocacy for others. It's self-care and it's activism. Like it is both and not either or but we can't do either one effectively without doing them both together.
1: Yes, yes. I mean, and this comes back to one of our favorite quotes, our sayings of be the change that you want to see in the world. I think that that really is a powerful mantra for many to return to, to really understand what that means. Like sometimes you feel like you can't affect change, but when you can be in control of, How you speak to another, how you make contact in this time of disconnection, how you seek to show compassion, not only for others, but also for yourself, that is changing the energy around you. That's creating you can be that ripple. And I think that sometimes people are like, yeah, yeah, that sounds really good. But I mean, how effective is it really? But let's just stop and think for a minute. Like, if everyone here, say in the United States right now, we're talking about this election and people are really just on edge of like whether their candidate, the person that they for the presidential election, who they're supporting is going to be the next president. Well, imagine if every day when you walked out your house, you embodied all of the qualities that you felt your leader should be showing in this time. How do you? talk to people in your community? How do you make eye contact? How do you show grace and generosity? Do you let someone go at the stop sign? Do you let someone go in front of you? Do you say a kind word to someone, you know, when they're completely flustered and like they're losing their mask? And do you show compassion or do you judge? There's just so many interesting things if you really think like walking in those shoes of who you really want your leader to be who you hope more people will be. It's like, are you, are you doing that? Cause you're the only one that you can actually have that control over.
0: Yeah. And I think we just don't give enough credit to the internal work, right? To the being, to the, the shifting and changing, I mean, you know, same with things like Black Lives Matter and the racism, you know, that we've talked about a few times on this podcast and obviously is a huge issue right now in the U.S. and always has been, but it's just really up front right now, finally. But I think, you know, I know for myself... I've hired someone who's helping kind of take me and my business through a process that is letting me do that internal work on myself. Where have I been racist? Where have I contributed to white supremacy? Where have I had white fragility? And it's really interesting because – I, as of yet, haven't done a lot. I mean, there's a few things I've changed in my business. There's a few things I've changed in my habits, like, you know, trying to purchase from Black-owned businesses. There's things that I'm consciously taking in terms of activism. But the real work that I'm doing is recognizing the ways I am still in the way and the change that I need to make in myself. Because if I don't make those changes, how can I really change systemic racism? And, you know, it's been so interesting because I've been, you know, looking in a lot of ways at my own white fragility and the ways that i have just always viewed racism are the lack of racism right i have like not colored it i've i've made it to where i don't even see race i don't even notice race i don't even know how to identify my own race like there's all this really interesting contemplation that i've had and i realize all of that lack of seeing race has actually contributed to my racism. It's actually, it has made my race a shadow, which allows me to perpetuate all of the the racism and the white supremacy and everything that's happening around me and always has been. And I just didn't take notice. I didn't focus on it. And it's that internal work that's going to move the needle And how I can contribute to this topic and how I can change the world. You know, yes, the outside work has to come as well. And the activism has to come. And the change has to come. And the things I do have to come. But if I don't really shift, like prior to this deep work I'm doing right now, I wouldn't even have recognized this. Not really. Like, I can talk to you on the surface about it. I can tell you that, yes, of course I have white fragility, and yes, I've contributed to white supremacy, but until I really did this deep work, I didn't really own it. I didn't really recognize how systemic it was inside of myself. And so I think sometimes we diminish that in these situations where there are big things going on around us, sometimes the best work we can do, the best activism work we can do, is. Is inside ourselves. And that's where we really have to start.
1: Exactly. I mean, it is really more powerful than we realize more powerful than we know to start there, start with ourselves. I think it's because, you know, it takes that work. It takes that inner reflection. It takes being vulnerable. And for a lot of us, We may not even really be conscious of it, but it's easier to focus on the external, just easier to think, well, if that just changes, right. If our leadership just changes, if I just, you know, all this external stuff, that's so wrong, if it just changes. And so I'm just going to talk about that and I'm going to advocate for all of that, you know, to change. And then I'm going to get really frustrated when it doesn't change and I'm going to feel helpless. And it's like, you could just spend your whole life on that cycle at some point when you realize, oh We are all here with personal responsibility and we can be accountable to ourselves. Do I see the systemic issues? Okay, that's what's important, that I see it. And then that I decide that I am going to do something about deconstructing the systems inside of me. How have I benefited from the systems? How would I like to see those systems change? And really starting to see like how much self-agency, self-efficacy can you find when you really start to dismantle it within you? Because then it's not up to the vote. It's not up to someone to give you a hall pass. I mean, it is you deciding to do the inner work. And I just think that this goes back, I mean, this is a whole other thing. This goes back to the way that we're brought up around in the way we're educated, we focus so much on the doing, we, we focus so much on advancing on this system that's already created. But if we could shift, and you and I are both proponents of this and, and educate our children in this way, that's much more of like, how do we learn to be? How do we learn to come from a place of self? awareness and self-compassion in the world in order to start shifting things, yeah, from the inside out, from the bottom up, you know, and again, this is so much more of the feminine values that was <laughs> you know, moving away from the masculine kind of external control and how we're going to change things externally and with our mind and really switching into how are we going to change things because we feel it differently because we allow ourselves to be differently in the world to be differently with someone else. Like I'm thinking just so much about the power of, of healing right now through just like, how could you connect more deeply with just one person in your life every day? Like if that was your goal, I'm going to have, I'm going to forge a deeper connection. I'm going to make eye contact in places that I normally skirt that altogether and avoid people altogether. I'm just going to connect right because we we have our masks on here in the states a lot right so and everywhere it's like but how do you use eye contact and how can that be an exercise every day in the world that I'm like connecting deeper with a stranger that I see in the store or my neighborhood people walking in my neighborhood
0: and what we're talking about here is like the control like it's gaining our control back right it's gaining our sovereignty back so in a situation like we're experiencing now in the states or in during the coronavirus or anything that we've been experiencing and this is across the globe we get into places where we feel small we feel powerless we feel hopelessness and then that starts to infect our business and that starts to infect our lives and our relationships and everything we're doing and so what we're talking about is there's very simple things you can do to take your power back to take your sovereignty back to To recognize that you have a choice, you can choose to do self-care, you can choose to turn off your social media, you can choose to take back your power in terms of doing the self-work around the situation that's happening, around that bigger picture, whether it's politics, whether it's racism, whether it's the coronavirus, whatever, you can choose to look at yourself and do the self-reflection and do the power. And so there's all this stuff that can happen in terms of very simple processes that can really help you feel your sovereignty again, and then you don't feel so small. You know, you feel much bigger in terms of, you know, what choices you have, what decisions you have, and how you can change things. You know, and I think another way that I kind of also wanted to explore this topic is one of the things, and we won't talk too much about this because we've, we have I really love how we've unfolded it today, but, you know, I think sometimes when we have our business We get into that place when we start feeling that way and when there's a lot of bigger things going on, what do we put our attention on? What do we focus on? You know, how do we keep our motivation going during these times? And, you know, one of the really interesting things I've seen a lot over this last year is you align with something that is really natural for you. So like for me, my strength is vision. And so when I focus on a bigger vision, of what I want to create, of what I want to do in my business, like that always propels me forward. That always motivates me. That always moves the needle for me. And so during a time like this, that's what I'll focus on. I'll focus on a big change. I'll focus on where I want to go. I'll focus on a bigger vision. And that starts to motivate me and inspire me. But someone else might have to where what's really aligned with them is um, getting things done. And they really love that. They love checking things off their list. They love getting the little things done. In which case, that's what you would focus on. So it's a really interesting take and way to look at when we're in the middle of such chaos and such craziness, and all of this stuff is pulling us towards the outside, what can we do in our business to really focus and move the needle for ourselves?
1: I think that this is also a good time to to talk about, like, I know COVID has kind of changed all the seasons of our business, but we're heading into um, here in the United States, in the Northern Hemisphere, we are headed into winter. And if we really follow like rhythms of nature and winter, it's a time to go in and it's a time to reflect on really what's happening within us. And it's also my favorite time to really give myself permission to do that with my business. And I think more than ever, like this whole year has felt kind of like hibernation. And I know it's, it's, it's really hard. It's one thing to say this another thing to actually execute when you're just like, you need sales, you need income, you need money coming in. But there's something to be said about that. It's okay that we don't know that it's okay that we might not have as much control right now over our business. And what would happen if we let some of that need to control and need to know, go and move into more of the hibernating energy that comes with this time of year. That comes with being able to move into, like you were saying, more journaling, maybe it's time to really look back at what's your mission statement like why are you doing what you're doing the products that you're that you started off in 2020 thinking that were you know you were gonna just go all in on is that really where you want to be right now you know so I feel like in a way what I try to do instead of fighting <laughs> this kind of energy when it's really strong like oh we don't know what's happening we don't know it's really coming down the pipeline it's like well how do I use this? to kind of guide where I want to be with my business. So now I want to maybe go back into reflection instead of just like hardcore strategies on sales and things like that. Now I'm the psychologist, you know, the psychotherapist and is the the business, more the business coach, leadership coach. You may have other ideas <laughs> than I, but I don't know. I just feel like part of me just wants to surrender a little bit and give myself permission to be with the not knowing and then use this time of year To just kind of hibernate a little bit or go in, you know, and rethink things before I'm ready to kind of come out feeling more clear, ready for the
0: next thing. Yeah, look, and I I think it is about giving ourselves permission to do what is most aligned with us in this time. And it doesn't have to be the same thing for each person, right? I love that you're aligned with hibernating a little bit and really rethinking things and going inward. And I think that also makes so much sense with who you are, you know, as a, as a psychotherapist, as that person who is always reflecting. I mean, I'm a reflector as well, but I'm also a visionary and I can feel that propel me forward. And so I think it's really... Giving ourselves permission to align with what energizes us during this time period. And so, if you're energized by going inward, which a lot of people are, you know, as introverts and as thinkers and as reflectors, then go inward. If you're energized by vision, then get energized by vision. But I think it's, you know, if you're energized by getting things done, because there's definitely executors who get a charge by getting things done. I think it's really just allowing yourself to align with what moves the needle for you, with what keeps you motivated. And if you can put a hold on your business that you can focus on the bigger picture or you can do the processing that you need to do, I think that's fantastic as well. I think it's just such an interesting time. And for a lot of us, you know, especially those of us who are the breadwinners, we can't stop running our business. But what we can do is really tailor what we're focused on so that it keeps us motivated. And like I know that when I've got a project on that I'm excited about. When I'm really moving something in the visionary format of what I'm doing, then I want to look at social media less. I want to not get sucked in to all of the craziness that's around me. And then I can make deliberate time to be active and deliberate time to vote and deliberate time to do the things that I want to do to be part of what's happening. But I'm, I'm much more driven because there's something that's inspiring me. And that's what I think we've got to find for ourselves in this time is that thing that can hold our attention that is stronger than the pull of whatever's happening in our world. And so what is that for you? Is that a vision? Is that going inward and doing self-reflection? Is that a change in your life? What is it that will allow you to have more attention there than on just getting pulled into everything?
1: It's such a good, good, good point. It's like the anchor to pull you through. And that's what, before we even started recording,
0: what we were saying is,
1: you know, how do we really find the strategies to get through this time? Like, how do we not give up, right? And how do we not throw in the towel? How do we not just become overwhelmed by the emotions and the anxiety? It's about finding those anchors, finding those things that really tether you to yourself and to your purpose, to your business. And I think, and then that becomes motivating. And I think that, you know, for me, I am really hopeful because that this kind of friction, this kind of tension, this experience that we're having in the world, it's like no other in my own lifetime, like, you know, I haven't experienced before where there's such a large universal collective outcry, a cry of grief, a, a cry of disbelief, you know, a cry that's, that's no longer as muffled. To me, you know, it's like I I think I used to. I hear it in the therapy rooms. I'd hear it in the residential treatment centers with the kids that I worked with. Like I would hear them. I would hear their cries, but the world didn't hear them. There's this emerging of that that gives me hope that we're on the edge of some sort of change, and that anchors me and motivates me because I've seen it before. I've seen that shift, and that that happens right after you think. That it can't get any worse. It's like that moment where you're just like, we're all just going to hell in a handbasket, and then it's a Texas expression. And then something shifts, and so that motivates me personally to get through all of the stuff that I'm seeing online, and all you know. It's just like, but I feel it. I see some human consciousness emerging, and I know that it has to hit the fan before things get better. Like, I know that that is a universal law of life. Like things must get really uncomfortable before you start to see a new way of being in the world. And I'm definitely not going back to the normal. There's no such thing as new normal in my, in my vocabulary. It's like, we're going to the newly designed or newly imagined or the vision,
0: right? Yes. We're never going back. <laughs>
1: Yes, yes. And I think you and I are both, and I've heard this term and I really love it. It's like a visionary activist, you know, like this is the time of the visionary activists, the people that do have a vision for what we really hope to see in the world. And it's really, this is the time to start stepping into that. And it's going to take that anchor that you talked about. It's going to take the self-care. It's going to take the remembering how much power that we have within ourselves, that we can be
0: that change. Yes. And I think that's a perfect place to end it for today. So thank you all for joining us. And if you're in America, please use your voice and vote. (laughs) (laughs) Vote, vote. All right. We'll see you all next week. Do you love the topics we're sharing on the show? Would you like to go deeper into them for more personal and business transformation? Do you need the clarity of one-to-one coaching support, but also long for a group of amazing women who are into self-development as part of their business growth? I work with women who are reluctant leaders. They feel a pull to change the world, but they want to break free from the traditional masculine leadership model. They don't like the limelight, they refuse to hustle, and they've almost given up on finding another way. But my Women in the Arena program is another way to grow your business, step into leadership, and break free of what is keeping you limited. I've taken hundreds of women through this course. It is powerful and it is ending after this year. So if you ever wanted to work with me in a one-to-one capacity, the time is now. If this interests you, visit SonyaStatman.com or reach out to me on any of my socials.